Hey, it's future Travis here. I just wanted to jump in here real quick at the start of this podcast and make a quick plug for the Gateway Network. It's the gatewaynetwork.com. It's a network of YouTubers, podcasters, Instagram, Twitch, that sort of thing. All sorts of wonderful board game content over there. You can check out people like the Charity Board Gamer, Date Night Dice. They have an amazing Instagram. I need to have them teach me how to do our Instagram because... Their stories are awesome. And yeah, there's just some great stuff over there. So go check it out. And now, on with the show. table to you caleb and top of the table to you yeah say my name oh and top of the table to you travis there you go this is a podcast about uh board games role-playing games uh tabletop games you know drinking beer having a good time that sort of stuff yeah um i i think the biggest thing um leading into the the innovation episode that i would say to, to bear in mind is that like well it's a game that a lot of our listeners have probably played. It's it's one that like at the top of my list for if you haven't played this, it should go to the top of your list as well. People are pretty polarized about innovation. I don't think it gets a lot of love, but people that have played it either love it or hate it. I don't know if it's underrated. I mean, it's definitely, in my opinion, underrated. The people that have played it have very strong opinions about it. That's kind of kind of what I mean. I mean, like in that, um, in most things that you are either going to love or hate, I, I generally say that they're probably worth a try. Uh, I mean, it, it seems like if my two options are either just not liking this thing and continuing to exist how I am with it now, which is usually indifferent, or enjoy it. I think the people that hate it probably give up on it before they like it. That's that's I guess what any grognard's going to say about anything that they love. It's like, Oh, you just haven't given enough of a chance, but I really, feel yeah. like I really feel like that's the case with innovation. I think that if you hate it, then maybe like, I don't know how many times have you played it? Did you play it 20 times and hate it? You wouldn't. Cause you'd be like, no, screw this game. I don't like it. I played it twice. Right. I didn't like it. I didn't get it. I feel that way about most games. I, I, I think, and you're right. People will say it. I, I think uh, like magic, the gathering is a good example where you'll hear, where you'll, like consistently hear people say that they just straight up hate the game and most of those people probably bought like a starter deck and got their ass stomped and didn't want to play any like just by the nature of what that game is um and there are a lot of reasons why you could like dislike the uh like what it means to play magic you you, you could dislike standard rotations you could dislike the need to continuously buy cards you could dislike a lot of things um but like when people say they don't like the game system, but they like other game system, like they're not not gamers. Um, then I this one that I just don't understand. I'm, and I have similar responses to where it's like I don't I don't feel like you've played that much. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't like Magic that have played it maybe a few times. I I don't play Magic anymore just because I don't I'm not made out of money. But. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's that's the the valid reason why you sh- like if you don't want to play magic because it's too much of a money sink, then like I'm right there with you, brother. That's, that's why I don't play. But um, like shit, if I had the money, I'd definitely play magic for sure. It's a fun game. Yeah. You know what else is a fun game? Innovation. We're going to talk about <laughs> it right now, but later. But we've already talked about it, but we're going to 
you're going to hear us talk about it right now. In, in general, I think a lot of games that exist under the, the broad board game spectrum, there is a level of, um, at first glance, this game feels very RNG-heavy because I'm either rolling dice or I'm drawing cards or whatever. But I think that basically on like playthrough two or three of a lot of given games, you realize, like, oh, shit, no, I can actually hone in on a given strategy or I could learn the given pieces of this game and because I know the given pieces I know what the best piece is at this time I think innovation is a great example of that where sure your first few times playing you're not you're gonna see shit you didn't see the last game around it's gonna be different but once you've played the game and you've seen kind of the way it can play on the late game or whatever you've got a pretty good idea of like, okay, I need to play into mathematics or I need to play into whatever to then set this. It, it, it really, innovation feels a niche that I think most other games don't fill where with innovation, if I had another player, I could almost never play a real-time strategy again. Right. I think the, the thing, the big criticism against innovation that I've seen is the is the randomness, or it's very swingy, and some of the cards are you know overpowered. But uh, some situations I've that seen you're some in criticisms of poker, by the way, like it can be very swingy, but also knowing your variables is kind of the thing, right? Like, yeah, I think yeah, with innovation, it's about kind of mitigation of the randomness or dealing with what you're dealt in the most creative way possible. Or trying to turn it around on you. Uh, one interesting thing about innovation that I've talked about before too is that, uh, you know, as the ages ramp up, as you go from like the Stone Age one, right. two, three, all the way up to ten, uh, the cards do get more powerful or more unbalanced. Like there are there are some cards that will just straight end the game. Some people see that as a like a design flaw. It's like it gets swingier the further it goes. But I I think that it's pretty much it's it's kind of like. Um, there's a you can win the game by um, gaining the the victory points. Right. Um, for yeah, maybe we should talk a little bit about innovation. What it's a um, Carl Chudik game. Um, one of the, one of probably both of our favorites. At least definitely one of definitely my top one of my five. definitely one of my top five games. Uh, and it um, so you have these cards that are laid out in ages um, one through ten. It goes from Stone Age all the way up to uh, the Age of Information, I believe, and um, each time, uh, each turn, you can do, uh, you know, you've got like four actions total you can do, and you're doing two of those things on your turn, so it's fairly simple. You're either playing a card from your hand or drawing a card or activating a card that you already have in front of you, and uh, the cards in front of you have different symbols on them, and those symbols basically determine how uh, influential your culture is in a right, given right. sphere. So you may have more castles than the other player. That would make you, uh, you know, so anything that is King castle related, yeah, um, you can do that uh, with impunity. You can you can use those actions uh, to make demands on your opponent, or you can use those actions and reap all the benefits, and they will get to do nothing. Uh, if you're tied with your opponent, then they get to do the action, and they also get to do it first. So um, the game is is kind of a back and forth where you're trying to outmaneuver and 
You're trying to get the symbols in front of you to do the thing you want to do and deny your opponent that action, or trying to get the symbols in front of you to make a demand on your opponent to either uh, inhibit his ability to win right. or, you know, take cards from his score pile. Do something that's unpleasant to your opponent. Now, the way that you typically win the game is by getting, uh, depends on the number of players, but I think if it's a two-player game, it's five age cards. Maybe it's uh, six. I don't think it says on the on the reference sheet, but basically you're trying to get a number of uh, points in your score pile. And as you go further in the ages, as you get into like six, seven, right. eight, you start getting these cards that will just do amazing things. Let you flip several cards over. Or if you have the combination of AI and robotics, then you win the game in or sort of a Skynet scenario. Even, even in some like outrageous scenarios, there's there's situations in innovation where I, I don't remember the exact card, but it's something to the effect of nuclear reactor or something like that, which essentially lets you reset the game. That's actually um, one of my least... I, well, it's, it's a problem. It's, because it's fun, it can be, but it, sometimes it's... Because it comes at so such a state where it's, it's exhausting, where you're like, I don't yeah, want to... Exactly. I don't know if I want to play that, but that... And if you're the player who plays... Nu uh, I, again, I, I apologize for not remembering the name, but if you're the player who plays this card... I think it's... I think it's uh, Fission is the fission, card. It's yeah, just nuclear fission. fission. Yeah, I think that's actually what it's. Um, so if you hit fission, it feels great if you're the player who's playing the card because it gives you a second chance. I've actually not used. I feel like that in and of itself is thematic because you're basically. It represents basically bombing the game back to the Stone Age. In right. many ways, you're starting all over. And I'm uh, mad at it. Sometimes like a, you don't want to do that. Just like in the real world, you right. don't want to. Hit they're, that yeah, button. Exactly. It's like, they're, how they're, bad do you want to win this game? You're looking at this game you may have been playing for 30 to 45 minutes, and you say, I can play this card and bomb us both back to the Stone Age, and we can play for another hour. Or you can you can say, you know what? It's been a good run. We've played long enough. Like, right. maybe, maybe we don't want to use total nuclear war to decide this conflict. And it kind of depends on the level of competition between a given two players, right? Like, if, uh, if one player is behind drastically he knows he's going to lose by say age six or seven and he hits vision it's a no-brainer he's going to play the card i mean if he if he if he wants to if, if he, he wants to win play, badly enough yeah, to, keep, wants to, win to keep it going right so that, that's what i mean between two and players, i do i will i will use nuclear fission on your ass it's worth noting that the very first time me and my dad here played innovation i had fission played on my ass and even though I was winning the game prior to the fission play, he ended up pulling it out in the end. So I, I, I've been playing this game, or well, I've been playing games with this guy rather for longer than any other guy. And so I, I would say there's a level of when we play a game, we don't generally like pussyfoot around the, one another. We generally try to win the game. Whereas, like, if I were showing, say, a group of 12-year-olds innovation, I might feign, I might, you know, not throw the same punches. I would dunk on them mercilessly. I would, <laughs> I would, uh, I would destroy any, any, any 12-year-olds out there listening, uh, I have a Board Game Arena account, and we will set up an innovation match. As someone who was 12 once playing against this man, he isn't lying. Um, I, w I will dunk on you. I mean, I had to play against this guy as a, a 3.5 edition dungeon master, and there was I, he didn't give a fuck that I was 11 or whatever. So the game, the game is what it is. But it's worth noting that like between two given players, 
not every two players are going to play a game like the two of us would. And so, therefore, like, the level of competition that arises naturally between us might be dampened by a lot between another given two players. Right. I mean, I've played this game almost exclusively two-player because I I think that's the best. I think it plays up to four. Uh, I think I've done that once, and I've played three-player a handful of times, but I've played... I've played dozens and dozens of games of this uh, in as a two-player format. A lot of the time against the same opponent. Back, back to the. I think it was a uh, long time ago. I was <laughs> I was going to say something about innovation before I before it leaves my mind completely. It was about the uh, about the scoring, and it was. Um, the, the prescribed way to win the game is, you know, you gain this many victory points by right. achieving cards of a certain, uh, you know, you achieve the age one victory point card, and then right. you achieve age two, three, or whatever. That's the way you're supposed to win. And then as you get further along in the game, there are cards that will change those victory conditions. It will either, you'll start being able to steal points cards from your opponent, or like I said, the uh, AI... And uh, robotics, I think, just lets you win the game in like yeah. a Skynet fashion. And some people have used that as a knock for the game that it's like. But really, I think it's like the game taking charge. It's like this is how you're supposed to win the game, but it's not supposed to go on this long. Or if it goes on this long, the game asserts itself in a way that says, "Looks, and if you haven't ended it in the way that I prescribed in the beginning, I'm going to start forcing right. the game. The game starts forcing an end game." On itself. Plus there's a level of like, okay, say it's a combination like that, where it's like, I've got two parts. I need, I need robotics and I need AI. You hit the first thing in that. And it's not as though you feel fucked. It's that you're like, oh, I have this new victory condition. It doesn't feel like anything else. It feels like, oh, here's a new way that I can win the game, but this guy can't. So it does a good job of giving the player leeway. So, like, you might come across a card where, like, a rule that you've read is completely hogwash now. It means nothing. But it doesn't feel like um, you're casting aside anything. It feels like you were lucky. Or it feels like you were playing for that effort. Um, I know that I need to draw more yellow cards, so I'm going to take things that allow me to draw more yellow cards so that I can hit combo piece number two. Right, you you're constantly adapting to what your opponent plays and what's given to you. Like you will you'll draw a card, and you can build a strategy around uh, certain cards. Or right. sometimes you will be on the defensive if your opponent has developed a strategy around certain cards. You're like, I need to get more leafs in play. It's well, one of the symbols that can be on the cards. I need to get more of these cards in play right now, or he's going to keep using that card over and over again, and he's going to destroy me. So you have to shift onto the defensive, and then once you it can change drastically from age to age. Like you could be on the bottom with for like leaves uh, for, and you're just getting it put to you by right. your opponent. And then you, so you go on the defensive and now you've gotten more leaves than them. And then all of a sudden one, you turn that agriculture. Yeah. And that other person that was just sticking it to me with leaves are now like, okay, well uh, that was fun while it lasted. Now what am I going to do? And then we move into the next age and so your strategy has changed. And now all of a sudden I'm the leaf king. And now I'm looking at completely different, instead of using those as a defensive tool, I'm like, okay, well now what can I, now that I've got the. And it's, it's, it's weirdly sort of historically accurate with that, right? That, that, that like, 
somebody in the Stone Age who has castles might inherently kind of shit on the competition up until you move past the Stone the Age. The cards are largely thematic as far as uh, they have their very broad concepts like archery, agriculture. We probably should have um, explained this sure. uh, 15 minutes ago. Well, we can but, uh, but, we can move around. Yeah, maybe. we'll really move every week or maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Some of them are a bit nonsensical because their cards, there's a limitation to what you can do, but most of them do have a tie-in to what they a, do. They would have come so, to prominence as or, well. You have to assume that your raw beliefs, as, for lack of a better word, leads to, um, say, the cotton gin as your advancement, and then that leads to clothing, which is the actual card you get. It tries to mimic civilization with the cards. Like, one of the good examples, I again, I should probably refresh my memory, but I know that, like, I believe gunpowder lets you... Um, steal people's castle cards and put them into your score pile or something to that effect I believe where, you're right. where it's basically like that development is kind of represents the end of siege warfare like now that we have guns and cannons mm-hmm. that's castles are now an outdated technology and that's reflected by gunpowder i think the best example of that would be um the mathematics card which allows you to move up a generation. So say your, I think age two is when mathematics in, enters the fray, and then it allows you to play a card of the next yeah, level. It lets you draw a card of one higher, but you have to place it on your board immediately, uh, which could potentially cover up mathematics, or you can keep rolling. Right. So sometimes you can get, you can, you can make great technological leaps. Uh, sometimes you can stall yourself out, but usually... You can use mathematics to skip a level. To there are a lot extent. of cards that are in a similar vein. There's uh, chemistry and physics yeah. that are all the same color of mathematics. Again, there are different colors that represent broad areas. Right. Uh, red green, is generally green more is warfare. Yeah. Green's more agriculture. But we are terrible at this as far uh, as explaining how how a game works. But I, well, I would say to there's there's some extent of. This is our take on innovation rather than a, um, a you know, Mythbusters sort of thing. Where this like, is the definitive take on innovation and uh, that innovation is a random game that is not worth anybody's time. That myth has been busted. I, yeah, I disagree completely. It's, I, it's neither plausible nor confirmed. Like, for example, I think if I had been playing innovation as my main game this entire time since you've shown it to me... We could sit down, and odds are I would probably run the table on you for innovation if I had been playing only innovation, and in my head were the variables for innovation. Like I think almost as a game, it could be taken competitive. Like there, almost board board game arena does have innovation, right? On, so we could, I mean, we could play innovation on board game arena. So, yeah, I I guess all that being said, I think the thing about innovation that draws me to it compared to other games is that it draws on my um, love for the classic real-time strategy. So, like, think of your early civs and think of your early Age of Empires. I think it does a good job of um, portraying the move through the ages in, the, in ways that I think other games have attempted but probably haven't drawn me on as much. And I think that 
largely its replay value in that how random it is is certainly a thing, but the way that you should be scoping the game isn't this game is super random. It should be how can I use this randomness to my civilization's benefit? Um, your your thoughts on? I think that I kind of fell in love with innovation. I, I hate to use this word because I feel like it's used a lot, but I, I think it's elegant um, because uh, the, the cards do all of the heavy lifting. This is literally a game where you open the box and it is nothing but um, decks of cards um, with, you know, like, different numbers on the back for the different ages, but it's all it is. It's just, they're cards. Right. And uh, there are some reference cards, but there aren't any tokens or dice or anything, and these cards represent your victory points if they're Mm -hmm. used in a certain way. They represent your achievements. They represent your civilization's goals, and it does things thematically with the cards, like canning allows you to tuck cards, which is putting cards under other cards, yeah, split the metric system allows you to splay your green cards uh, to the left, I think. And if your green cards are already splayed to the left, splay any other color to the left. So you're basically the metric system is basically putting everything in order. These the cards are doing the thematic work. They're doing the mechanical work. Right. They're doing they're doing all the work of the game elegantly in the one package. And yeah. I, I agree with everything is- that you said about the the the, ran- the randomness is not. Oh shit! This is so random. It's not a detriment. It's something that you should look it's at. It's something that you need to mitigate. I like that. I have looked at a card and thought this card is completely worthless, and that assessment was based on the game state at the time. And then maybe five or six plays later, I'm looking at the game state and I'm thinking the exact card I need right now is that, that would useless? change this whole situation is the card that. Uh, five plays ago, I thought was worthless. Yeah. And that's why, that's the other thing that I love about this game is that some, like, I think that I've, I don't know how many times I've played the game, but I think there are still things for me to discover and still cards for me to use in, in ways plus, that I've, yeah, I mean, I've played this game a lot. Some nights play it and, oh shit, that game was over really quick. Let's roll it back up, try it them out and play it again. Completely exactly. And game. there are, yeah, so once you're familiar with the cards, that randomness that's that seems overwhelming, it's not. If you are if you're familiar enough with the cards and how to play the game, there there's more strategy there than randomness. That that's why it's 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 a solid top five and has been for a long time. Where is it at here on you've got board game? It's overall 320, 326 is pretty good, actually. I thought it would be and- way high. I actually thought it would be Way lower than that. I thought it would be in the thousands. And a weight um, of, of the 2.74 way is right at playable for the average person, I would say. I mean... That's a little high, I think. I, I don't know if I would... I don't think I... I, I personally... It's not everyone's cup of tea. And personally, I also don't give it a 2.74. I, I, I kind of rate this game... I mean, 2. Weight-wise? Eh. How, do you, how do you feel about innovation? Innovation, I think, is... Uh, I mean... Top three to five at any given time, depending on what I'm loving. And I, I think that it's uh, probably an irreplaceable game among its genre. I don't know that you create a better game where you're going through the ages and you're discovering things that feels better than innovation. I will say that it seems like um, I've never played this game because it's 
wildly expensive and out of print and hard to find, but uh, there is a game called Glory to Rome, which sounds like and looks like it is what innovation is derived from, and it is also designed by Carl Chudyk. So it's it's a game that I would very much like to play because I, I do love innovation, right. and it's an uh, earlier design of his, much, much harder to find version of. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't think that you're going to find that that niche. You're not gonna. Yeah. You're not gonna scratch the same itch exactly as innovation. You can find other examples where maybe you're moving forward. I will say one more thing, since uh, you know, I guess we are doing a uh, a board game. We're talking about our opinions on games, and I did say that uh, I liked the elegance and how the cards do all the heavy lifting. So I would say that if you like innovation, and I don't personally own this game, I have the app for it, and I've played the card game. But uh, there's a game called San Juan. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of that. It's it's kind of like a uh, an all card version of Puerto Rico, which is a very popular okay. uh, classic board game. So San Juan kind of distills Puerto Rico into a deck of cards, and it has a lot of that same feeling that innovation has. It's got uh, the cards do uh, multiple things. So you use okay. the cards in your hand can be used as currency to pay for other cards. Uh, you lay cards out in a tableau in front of you, and they give you different advantages. But it's it's you have um, a deck of cards that are doing multiple things and carrying the whole weight of the game. So okay. that's 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 another that's an aside. But um, yeah. All right. So that's how we felt about innovation. That's how we feel about innovation. I don't know why I said that's how we felt about it, because that would be weird. This is all happening right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, at the uh, at the time of... I, I guess it's somewhat worth noting, um, whenever you're, like, taught... Like, the only the only thing that I regret about that, the, the recording that you guys have just heard, is that uh, we didn't have, like, the freshest eyes on, on it. Uh, we, we have played plenty of innovation, so it's not like it's necessary to give a take, but, like, even just going back the other day and playing the game we'd played, you know, in this in between, uh, there were other things that, like, I, I may, might have brought up that are, you know, reminded that I loved. Yeah, we played an online version. We played on uh, board game arena. I have real trouble with online uh, versions of games, especially like the the web based ones where it's all the. I, I feel more comfortable in tabletop simulator than I do in things like board game arena where it's all automated and it does all the work for you. But also I just miss things. I don't know. I feel like I don't pay attention. Yeah. I, I, I think that I agree. Well, it's mostly because like you can get a really big game on board game arena. You can get like, you know, six to eight player games and they are quicker and they're a little bit more casual. It's a little easier to pick them up and put them down. But yeah, there's only so much you can put in like one, um, in the, the medium of a web page and, and make it uh, cohesive. And I think like tabletop sim does a good job of actually letting you like pivot around a 3d space. That helps a lot. It, yeah, it definitely helps. It feels more like I'm playing the game, but even in that space, it has limitations where I'm not as engaged as if you were sitting right across from me. I'm kind of like playing my own game and not, looking at things that maybe I should look at. It's almost like I'm playing 
against an AI or I'm just kind of doing yeah. my own thing and I really should be paying more attention to what your stuff is, but it, everything's so fast and smooth and I can just click well, here and do a thing. And I just, it's, it's I just less like it. playing against a, it's less like playing against an AI and more like playing with a fog of war in place because like the, the action and the, the constant like turn rotation um, kind of acts as like the, the same thing as a fog of war where normally like you would have noticed that thing, but because everything's happening so quickly, shit just kind of gets musted up in the, you know, I just don't, I don't, I don't pay as much attention as if it's right across from me. And also I can read it. Usually I can just read it as you're playing it. It just seems like a slower pace or it seems I pay more attention to what the other players are doing. If they're actually in the room with me or a tabletop simulator for me is a little bit better because I can kind of like zoom over and look at it. And yeah, it's, I think tabletop sim and VR might be like the, the only way to like that. That's probably the closest you can get uh, short of holograms. You and I played a game of seven wonders with our friend Tyler Mm -hmm. on tabletop simulator. And I think it was your first game and his first game. I did win that game, but so that might not be the best example since it was both of your first games, but also you can play seven wonders on board game arena and you can play seven wonders on board game arena in 10 minutes or less. Like it just goes so fast. And I've played so many games of seven wonders on board game arena and I have played them. I'm shit at it. Like, yeah, I, I would think I was at some point I was like, three and 34 or something, you know, you just, you just play them back to back, you know, it's just like right. a loss, a loss. I, I think I racked up 20 losses before I got my first win and then in, ended up. It's also like a like, hard, like that's also like a rough, I mean, I think that if you were to, I think that seven wonders might be a strange example too, because it, it's, there's so many people and like the nature of like only really worrying about like left and right. Um, I loved, Oh, Go ahead. I I think that if you were to just like take that game to a, a board game like a, a shop, and there were a lot of people to play, and you could rotate through them, um, I think your win rate would go up. But I I think you might be surprised at how much, just because the nature of the game seems very like if you guys were like playing musical chairs and swapping tables in between games, like it seems like it would be hard to guarantee wins in that game. I wish I had a higher win percentage, obviously, but I actually. Almost, I prefer playing that on Board Game Arena or playing the app. The app's very similar to you can play it against real people or the AI, and mm. you can just knock you can knock out a game in under ten minutes. I like it that it's quick. Bam, bam, bam. Oh shit, I lost. Yeah, I like. I still like. I feel like I've played Seven Wonders. I got the satisfaction of playing Seven Wonders, and occasionally I do win. Mm. Not very often, but it's good. But then if you don't win, you just. Not only that, but I guess Seven Wonders is the kind of game where I mean, if you're playing with you know a, a full a full group, I might be happy with a third place finish. You know, like you're playing with enough people that you you could play for placing and not feel bad about yeah. it. Yeah, third out of seven's not too shabby. Yeah, like I'd I'd be pretty reasonably happy with that. I was happy with second place out of three people. A lot of those games that I played on Board Game Arena, I was probably second, third. Some of them were really close. 
and then you just want to dive right back into it. It's just the kind of thing that you just you're doing over and over again. Yeah, I, I mean, almost like um, I don't know. Those are kind of the games that you really want to find. The ones where like you're enjoying it regardless. Um, there, there are games that feel like a slog and awful when you're losing because you can see it from like you know turn three or four, but you have to keep playing. Yeah, some more is a good game. I think probably really good for that medium too. Maybe a better as an app or playing online than setting it up on the table, but I would definitely set it up on the table. Yeah, it, it's a good antithesis to what we were saying about um, innovation as well. And so, yeah, that was innovation. All right, so where can you find us at? Well, I'm glad you asked. You can, you can find <laughs> us at uh, topofthetablepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at Top of the Table. You can go to Top of the Table Pod on Twitter. And we're at uh, we're at Top of the Table Podcast on Facebook as well. But yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this, then you've already found us on the podcast of your podcast app or medium of your choice. This probably won't be the default outro.